0: welcome to the score life and health innovation podcast where we dive right into how innovation is driving change around the world in our life and health ecosystem my name is nia escobar Kolo and i am your host for today our world is changing rapidly and we want to come together with you to explore those changes to understand and live transformation with score as one of the world's largest reinsurers score provides insurance companies with diverse and innovative solutions focused on the art and science of risk. Combining technical expertise and experience, SCORE leverages global know-how in over 80 countries focused on the life and health insurance industry. The global fertility rate has been declining at a fast pace. From 1990 to 2019, fertility rate fell from 3.2 to 2.5 live births per woman. In a world where fertility is falling due to lower childhood mortality rates, access to birth control, and focus on career development for women, one in seven couples may have difficulties conceiving. And with medical treatments being considerably expensive and sometimes not covered by insurance companies, Swiss startup Ava has created a wearable to identify a woman's fertile window based on three million biomarkers. We're talking to Pascal Koenig, co-founder and board member of Ava about tackling infertility with science. Let's kick it off. Again, Pascal, thank you so much for your time uh, today. Um, And I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. So would you like to introduce yourself?
1: I'm an economist by training, started at McKinsey in business consulting. About 20 years ago, more by coincidence, I got into the healthcare sector. And I really, really like it. I would never want to leave that uh, industry. I think it's super exciting. And in the last 15 years, I did three different startups, always at the intersection between wearable technologies and digital health. And uh, it's super exciting what's happening um, in in digital health and, and in this segment.
0: Absolutely. I mean, today we're going to talk about female technology, which is, for those who are listening and don't know, it's femtech. Uh, that's how it's referred to in the industry, which Ava is part of. So can you tell us about Ava?
1: Yeah, so we've developed a solution to accurately and real-time tell our customers women when they are fertile. So about every third couple struggles to conceive, every sixth or seventh, depending on countries, go to reproduction medicine. And one of the key challenges is actually knowing accurately when your fertile face is. Um, there is obviously the temperature method, there are urine tests, but nothing is really convenient and accurate. So with Ava, we have worked out a solution that is superior to anything that has been out there so far.
0: So, Pascal, can you guide me through the customer journey of Eva? And what are the main problems that you're solving for women?
1: So basically At university, you learn that you have unprotected intercourse, and there will be a pregnancy basically immediately. And then, um, I mean, you're super careful, you're using um, whatever contraceptives um, to just make sure that this does not happen. And then, I mean, for many, at least in my case, you're in your early 30s, you decide with your partner to start a family. And it's at the beginning, happy trying and quickly you realize that it may not be as easy as as you thought it would be. So maybe after the first cycle, you're not pregnant yet, still happy trying after the second, after the third still not pregnant and, and you start to get a little nervous and after four, the fourth and fifth and sixth cycle you really start to get nervous and you ask yourself whether there is an issue knowing that after a year or so you should go to a reproduction medicine and, and uh, to see a, a reproduction specialist and it gets emotional and expensive so i think that's a that's a user journey that that happens obviously not to everybody it's uh, obviously it can happen the first try but many people um, realize that actually starting a family is, is not as easy as you would have thought.
0: Absolutely. I mean if you look into um, the World, World Health Organization, um, we have seen that there is a dramatic decrease in terms of fertility rates right So from 1990 we went to have from having a fertility rate of 3.2. Uh, Basically, life births per woman to having in 2019 2.5. And basically, what the World Health Organization says is three main causes. So, first one is lower childhood mortality rates, access to birth control, and focus on career development for women. So, and and we know from science that women who are past 30, their reproductive or, or their fertility rate actually starts to dramatically increase. So women who decide to have children later on in life, basically even 35 uh, or even 40, for them, fertility and having a, a child is very difficult. And unfortunately, because for women, it's such a limited window time is a crucial matter. So let's say I get my Ava bracelet and I wear it in the evening. So what happens? Um, how, how do you collect information about my cycle? And what is the science behind Ava?
1: Um, so what's been known for a very long time is that temperature correlates with progesterone. So if your progesterone level is going up just around ovulation, you see maybe a day after ovulation. And once you're window is over you see an increase in temperature by an average of 0.4 degrees celsius so that's been known for decades what has been less known or just described anecdotally in clinical research so far is that a lot of other physiological parameters are actually correlating with hormonal changes so it can be sleep it can be respiration rate heart rate various skin parameters, such as hydration of skin, thickness of skin. So a lot of stuff is actually happening when hormones change during the menstrual cycle. And that's been the basis of Ava, that we decided not only to look at temperature, but at various additional physiological parameters to come up with much more accurate insights about hormone changes and the fertile phase.
0: So which biomarkers exactly do you collect?
1: We currently collect uh, temperature we collect respiration rate we collect heart rate we look at heart rate variability we look at sleep we look at movement so that's basically um, the factors that are currently going into our uh, physiological or into our uh, algorithms
0: so once i start wearing the bracelet and you're collecting information, how long does it take until I get actionable insights for me to know my fertile window, to understand my hormonal changes? Um, How does it work?
1: Good question. So when you start the onboarding, it will ask you, when your last menstruation occurred so based on that we provide some insights from day one but at the beginning it's basically just a calendar method and the longer you wear the bracelet the more accurate the readings are becoming
0: so basically i would wear the bracelet every day well every evening for a month and then i would start immediately understanding my cycles
1: so, right. You wear um, the bracelet during the night, only during the night, because still trying to get pregnant is something very personal that you don't necessarily want to talk about to everybody around you. So you wear the bracelet at night. And as you say, I think for the bracelet to really understand one menstruation, one cycle, so a 28 or so cycle, makes a lot of sense to really um, increase accuracy uh, a lot. Um, But again, I mean, it starts on the first night and over time with the first cycle and with additional cycles, it starts to get to know you better and better.
0: Carl, so are we really having fertility issues as a general population? I mean, you have created a device and it feels like something is happening. And the World Health Organization is also saying we're having less children. So what is your take on this?
1: Yeah, I think it's very much correlated with education also with our society that has established pension systems and so on that a lot of couples decide to have to start a family later in life. So many want to finish their education, start their career, maybe travel the world. And only at the later stage, not with 18 or so when you it may be most uh, or, or much easier to have, have a child, maybe just start that journey once they're around 30 years old. Clearly it's uh, the, the longer you wait, uh, the more difficult it, it gets. Um, so I think it is a function actually of also our wealth that, uh, that we are actually able to look at that uh, later in life. But um, yeah, in terms of fertility, this has not only advantages obviously.
0: Infertility is more common than most people think. Up to 15% of couples who are trying to get pregnant will experience fertility problems. The main causes of infertility include age, ovulation problems, endometriosis, poor egg quality, polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, fallopian tube problems, poor sperm quality, age, premature ovarian insufficiency, and also unexplained fertility. Most common fertility tests include semen tests for men and hormone blood tests for women, ovarian hormone response blood tests and physical examination of the ovaries. Today, most common treatments include drugs to improve ovulation, surgery when patients present blockages or growths in the reproductive system, and assisted conception, including intrauterine insemination and in vitro fertilization. Femtech, like Ava Health, and many more are tackling problems without an invasive or cost-intensive factor, helping women to fulfill their wish of having a child. Pascal, so when I was doing some research on Ava, I found that your customer policy is very interesting. So you have three subscription models. The first one, basically, you buy Ava and it comes with the app where you get the insights. The second and the third subscriptions is basically six months or twelve months. And if you're not pregnant, or is a woman if not pregnant, within six or twelve months, you give them their money back. So how accurate is the bracelet and what's the science behind it that makes you so certain? And most importantly, how many babies Ava babies are out there?
1: Yeah, so we've seen ten thousands of Ava babies so far. Obviously, it's not just about uh, our technology that our customers get pregnant. Uh, more is required, but but obviously the fact that we can contribute to that uh, is super exciting. And in terms of the different offerings, so we've looked at various ways actually to position and price our service. Um, we looked at an upfront payment, we looked at result-based based, uh, payments, we looked at subscriptions and, and, and various other things. I think we are very confident with our technology that we are now offering, as you say, also result-based pricing. So if you don't get pregnant after a certain time, you get the money back. And I think that has been uh, working well for us. And um, we're working on um, different new features. So we also want to make the technology available for digital contraception in the future. So if you can accurately tell which days are fertile, By definition, you can say which days are not fertile, but we want to be really sure that um, uh, our science is as accurate as possible before entering the contraception market. So that's what we are currently working on. And in terms of future offerings, obviously, um, our pricing and business models could, could look different than what they are today.
0: Pascal, what's the difference between approaching women from a fertility angle or a contraception angle?
1: i mean obviously the intention is very different uh, one customer wants to get pregnant as quickly as possible the other doesn't want to get pregnant at all so while the product is in a way or the algorithm is, is quite similar obviously uh, it's uh, the intention is, is very very different but i mean the reproduction is a topic that's important for women through a long period of time basically starting with first uh, menstruation up to menopause, um, so throughout the 40 year or so uh, window, this is a relevant uh, topic. And in that, we really feel that that we can position Ava as a long term companion for our customers throughout different uh, phases.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like you're saying, you know, reproductive and in general. the reproductive cycle and not just having a child so fertility motherhood pregnancy they're just some of the categories that are part of femtech and this is what we we started our conversation on um, and this is a global market that is reaching 3.04 billion by 2020 so how you've been in this ecosystem for a couple of years. and in the last years actually we've seen there's a huge interest from the investors. we've seen amazing ideas develop. We've seen also customer adoption and customer interest in you know new technologies and, and new ideas approaching women's health and femtech. What is your perspective in this space and where do you think this is going in the future?
1: Yeah, it's funny to, to see what has happened in the last years. When we started Ava six, seven years ago, it was still very much that we heard, you know, from investors, oh, this is too niche for us or not that interested in that space. And if you think about it, it's absurd. I mean, half of the global population is uh, is female. So calling that a niche topic is, <laughs> is a bit absurd. And I think this has really, really changed in the last few years with this whole femtech movement, various companies, not just Ava, really doing a, a lot of scientific work around these topics. And and I think in 2020, we are at a very different stage than in 2013 when, when we started to play around with the idea. I think this is still only the, the very beginning. There is so much potential to actually come up with much better solutions in uh, women's health. Um, it's an area that really um, didn't see much innovation over the last few decades and and i think that's about to change so i think the next decade or so we'll see a lot of exciting developments and products in women's health
0: absolutely and as a woman myself i'm really excited to see you know, being part of that half of the population worldwide, being served new and interesting products and services that fit for my life and my lifestyle as well. And something that also comes to mind is as customers, I would say this new generation is really used to having services online, to having an app, to wearing a wearable. So in that sense, we're really aware of technology and we're open to trying new things. Are you working with insurance companies or healthcare providers already? And what do you think is their perception from the healthcare provider perspective?
1: I think it's depending on country, the systems are very, very different. So in the U.S., insurances or payments are usually done by employers. So they play a key role from some employers who don't provide any fertility services at all to others who actually pay for everything, even for various cycles of IVF. Um, In uh, Europe, it's different, again, depending on countries with France, for instance, paying several IVF cycles, other countries not paying anything at all. In the case of Switzerland, where we have a partnership with Sanitas, one of the biggest insurance providers, health insurance providers, it's a premium service that can be purchased by customers, where actually after a certain period of time, when customers use Ava, they are eligible to get payment for um, additional reproductive treatments such as IVF. So I think there is a, a big, big difference depending on on country, what is being covered in, in, in that space or not. And if we talk to insurance companies, actually, they say there are a few magic moments in the life of a person from an insurance perspective. One is when a person moves out from their parents. And um, obviously, for the first time in their life, they need to think about insurance products and and find out that this is actually something important that they need to care about. And then another such magic moment is when you're starting a family and when you start to think about what kind of insurance your child should have, whether you should bring the kind of the partner's insurances together and kind of change it to a family policy. So while in the in the first moment, obviously, a pregnancy is costly for an insurance, uh, I think it's a great moment actually to create products that will bring loyal customers over time afterwards. And I think that's the reason that, that we see a lot of interest from insurance companies uh, also in our current product.
0: I mean, one of the main benefits, you know, like you're mentioning, is that this means that insurance companies and, and at the end, policyholders, so couples or individuals who want to have a child, because they try different methods uh, besides the having no information and just trying as you go, um, this reduces cost. So, um, I mean, for, for people who are listening, um, the cost of, for example, an in vitro fertilization, so IBF round, uh, ranges between 20000 to $50,000 in the U.S., So the costs are basically really high. Uh, And usually for women who are trying um, IPF, they have to go through multiple rounds. So you have to consider that the costs can really pile up. So Pascal, do you think in the future we will see a more holistic approach to women's health instead of, you know, driving directly for, you know, intense and, and also expensive treatments?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And, and I mean, we've done in-depth cost analysis with a, a U.S. employer or a fertility provider called Carrot, which very innovative. And, and jointly with them, we have worked out a, a paper where we looked at, at the holistic cost, um, as you say, and... And I think having a kind of a solution, an easy solution in the first step, it makes a lot of sense um, also from a cost perspective. So we could show that we can reduce total cost per employee massively with, um, with the use of, of Ava.
0: Pascal, how can players in the wider health ecosystem support initiatives or, or support fertility in, in this space?
1: First of all, it's really important to know that a lot of couples are struggling. I think uh, it's still a very much stigmatized topic. And I think this attention, I think, is a crucial one. And similar uh, the attention to femtech in general, that a lot of innovation over the last few decades was very much geared towards men. And I think many clinical studies done mostly with men um, just to kind of reduce the complexity and uh, the hormone changes, which um, actually make clinical studies in some cases more difficult, but I mean, it's it's obviously absurd not to um, to focus equally at at the different genders. So um, I think this this whole mindset that we need to work on innovation also in in women's health I think is is crucial, and there are various very interesting companies in in femtech and. So obviously any corporations also with large corporates are very interesting.
0: Absolutely. Any remarks that you would like to add or any comments that I'd, maybe I didn't ask you about?
1: No, I think we've, we've really covered uh, most things. Um, I'm very excited about uh, the next steps at Deva. Also now with the launch of Digital Contraceptive where we open our markets uh, big time. I think we have a, a very engaged um, Very international, women-led with Leah, who is now the CEO team. And uh, yeah, it will be exciting to to really see how this market and this industry will develop over the coming years. Thanks so much for the interview.
0: Thank you for your time, Pascal. Have a wonderful day and talk to you soon.
1: You too, Mia, Thanks.
0: Thank you to our guests for joining us today. You can subscribe to the SCORE Life and Health Innovation Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to our conversations to be the first one to listen to our new episodes. Have a speaker in mind or want to share your insights with us? Send us a message to lhventures at SCORE.com. Have a good time and see you on the next episode.